Hello, everyone. This is Sean Duberback with Avrio Institute. And I'm Ross Rubin with Radical Research. Welcome back to another episode of Techspansive. We've got a special one for you this week. We're going to dive into the big five tech companies, and uh, we're going to give them a grade for the year. We're going to run through a, a quick report card and just recap some of the big stories for the year, some of the wins, some of the losses, and give you a feel for where we see them. So we figured this would be a, a great way to end the year and end our uh, our podcasting season before we kick off season two of Techspansive. And um, I, I thought it was kind of an appropriate way to uh, end the year because we started the podcast a few months ago as Apple was getting ready to announce new products at the Brooklyn event. And since then, there have just been a string of major events and major announcements from many of the companies that we're going to be talking about today. So it seems like an appropriate note to end the year on. Definitely. So let's dive right in. We'll start with Amazon, um, which also had announcements that play in both of our backyards, announcing uh, headquarters uh, in both Virginia, not far from where I am right now, and also hitting a second headquarters, a surprise second headquarters in Ross's backyard um, there in, in New York. So that was clearly one of the, the big news stories from the year, one of the highlights for Amazon. Though I think you could also argue uh, it was a highly criticized process and uh, perhaps one of one of the black eyes on Amazon. It, it certainly showed the power that Amazon has to influence the, the market when they want to go into an area and it showed how much uh, support, financial support, some of these cities were willing to throw at Amazon in order to get their presence in their, yeah. their area. I thought the way the whole H2, HQ2 thing played out was, was very unusual for them. And we'll have to see what path they take in, in 2019. But it just doesn't really seem in the company's character uh, very much to create these large spectacle uh, kinds of events. You see how they tend to roll out products. They tend to be relatively low-key events. There's not this big Apple uh, spectacle and weeks of anticipation uh, as, we, as we typically see. So this was, uh, this was unusual, and it, it did put a spotlight on Amazon in both the positive and negative uh, bringing a lot of attention to a lot of the challenges that have plagued communities uh, that they have opened warehouse facilities in. So, uh, and, and, you know, particularly here, it was an interesting contrast because just a couple of weeks after the Amazon announcement, Google announced that it was going to be tremendously expanding its presence in New York City, looking to perhaps double the number of uh, employees they have here with a, with a billion dollar investment. And, uh, you know, that certainly got some attention, but it, it wasn't anything like the long drawn out uh, saga that we saw from Amazon. Well, I think what you saw from Google was the announcement and the commitment to build out that campus without the all of this anticipation and this bidding process. So Amazon loves auctions. You, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the way they price things. Right, price is competition. 
It's built around auctions. And so in some ways, the way they went about HQ2, very consistent with the way they think about marketplaces Mm. and Mm -hmm. building out an auction and and having competition. Um, I I think what they probably didn't anticipate was how much focus there was going to be on what cities ultimately won out or what cities they actually chose. And so I think I, I wonder if that surprised Amazon a little bit. Definitely, I agree with you, Ross. They like to fly under the radar. Even when they do these product announcements, they seem to be announced at the very last minute uh, as opposed to these long build-outs, these gorgeous invitations, all of this that that goes around an, an Apple announcement. Amazon kind of says, hey, everybody, come to Seattle. Uh, we're going to announce 50 new Amazon Alexa products. And then they they do it in quick succession, and then they you know move on to the next. Uh, that maybe, was no, also maybe part of the reason is because unlike Apple or Google, to the extent Amazon has a developer community. Remember, a lot of these high profile events are actually developer events. It is on the cloud uh, side. It's a, it's a lot of enterprise heavy lifting kind of involvement, and they have many different kinds of APIs uh, into their cloud. Uh, and that was a, a big part of their success this year. They're the leader in the space. They've continued their momentum. They're rolling out a lot of, uh, of new services. So uh, I, I think the, uh, that, that was a big plus for them. And uh, also on the footprint side, the acquisition of Whole Foods was a, a big plus for them. We're already starting to see some signs of integration there in terms of uh, offering Whole Foods delivery through Prime Now. We're seeing Walmart uh, respond, uh, you know, being, being forced to uh, react to the, to the Whole Foods announcement and, and the big battle for the grocery dollar. So a lot of expansion, excellent execution overall. I, uh, I, I'm going to give them an A. I, I think this was a, a banner year for them. We, we saw first Prime subscriber disclosures as well, and, and they continue to execute on the content front. So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to give them an A. Yeah, I, I think I feel comfortable with that grade as well. I think to your point, uh, a, a big motivation for that grade would be the strength in, in that they've shown with Amazon Web Services and, and cloud computing and continuing to build that out. I do think that moving into 2019, that is a very, very contested market. Google clearly very active in that area. Microsoft with uh, their services very, yeah, with their with uh, their services very active there. So I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of of competition there to really take control and, and be the number one provider there. And so Amazon definitely has a lot of competition coming their way in, in 2019. And then to your point with the Whole Foods acquisition, that really changes the makeup of Amazon. And I don't know that that's really been talked about enough. Mm. It increases their employee count significantly, and it also lowers the average salary per uh, their employee significantly. So now that the makeup of Amazon looks very, very different than the other tech companies that that we'll discuss today. Mm-hmm. It, it changes the profile of who they are uh, as, a, as an organization, as a company. Fair enough. All right. So that brings us to Apple. And I think on the pro side, it was a, a pretty good year for them in terms of uh, product 
the iPads, even though they're not big sellers, uh, Apple really, well, at least compared to the iPhone, uh, Apple really uh, asserted its its market leadership in the space with with the two new models. Uh, they showed the progress that they've been able to make on the processor side, uh, getting to seven nanometer very early and making a run for these desktop quality apps. Although, bit of a side note, I have to tell you that I was trying to create something on the iPad today, and it wasn't a large manuscript. It was a creative kind of endeavor that you would think would be a great fit, an artistic endeavor that you think would be a great fit for the iPad. And I just ran into all kinds of limitations that uh, uh, that were very frustrating. So, you know, it continues, I think, to, to be a, a bit of a struggle. Um, in terms of the public debate, uh, Apple came off looking pretty good uh, as uh, there was a lot more scrutiny applied to the uh, to the privacy issues, particularly around uh, Facebook. Uh, and uh, they continued to build up their services portfolio. Apple Music, I wouldn't say, is uh, eating the world, but it is making progress. And uh, they bought a magazine subscription service, and they have... Um, you know, people are uh, actors are talking and directors are talking about projects. They actively are developing for Apple, so uh, you know clearly no secret there. Although, of course, their uh, service has not launched yet. Well, and, and to two of your points there, Apple for really really a defining moment in Apple's year was that they opened up Apple Music to other hardware mm -hmm. platforms. So that was oh, yeah. very different. Uh, from Apple's historical approach. And then you saw Tim Cook go to Europe and have a, a very provide a very strong speech around privacy, coming mm -hmm. into you know very comfortable grounds with GDPR ha having rolled out this year. And sure. so he, he went, if you will, to a, an area that is strongly supportive of, of privacy concerns. And, and Apple put a very strong flag in the ground to say that that is one of their defining attributes, one of their defining characters. As a result, though, I think you see, continue to see one of the struggles that Apple will have in that environment. Siri still feels like it's trailing in um, the, the competition to be the voice interface for the future of computing. Now, we talked in, in the last episode about how it, it's made some progress in certain areas, but it still feels like it's trailing. And if you look at the, the approach that Amazon is taking in opening Alexa up and really encouraging a developer community there, I think it's going to be a, a challenge for Apple uh, in the years to come. You didn't really see any strength in emerging categories mm -hmm. for Apple. There's a lot of rumors. There's constant... Uh, chatter about what they might be doing, but yet they they really haven't done anything. And I think one of the challenges that Apple's going to have in the years to come is how beholden they are still to that mobile phone and really needing to have everything integrate seamlessly with that mobile phone. And Sean, you uh, over a number of our episodes, you've stressed the point about uh, Apple's potential future as a services company, or at least relying more on that. I mean, we're starting to see them try to juice 
more out of the product line. Uh, in general, they are trying to make up for declining unit volume by raising average prices, and they've had some success doing that, although they seem to have sent some mixed signals to the market with the iPhone XR, which was the classic example of a product being too good, uh, so good that it, it uh, in many ways outshines the value of the XS, which is their flagship and uh, the 10R really and completely unsurprisingly uh, seems to be doing uh, uh, quite well in the market while they're scaling back forecasts of the of the 10S uh, and uh, so and and you know and, and even in terms of uh, other categories uh, they were innovators with the airpods we didn't really see an update to that this year not much happening on the TV front. Uh, you, you know, cars kind of remains this distant uh, dream that you know we we don't hear too much about. So, so yes, uh, potential challenges on the horizon, but but overall a good year for them. First company to crack the trillion dollar market cap. So, uh, what would you uh, what would you how would you assess them for the year? To me, I see Apple in the, that kind of B, you know, strong B plus area, maybe just behind Amazon. To, to your point of them being the first company to crack that trillion dollar market and then a market cap, and then um, Amazon following a month later, Microsoft mm -hmm. surpassing Apple later in the year. Uh, this was something you and I were talking about before we we jumped online. That you see, despite all of the criticism and commentary that that came out this year the stock market still loves these companies and, yes. and rewarded them largely um by bidding up their stocks throughout the year and and so there's still a lot of tremendous value in these companies despite the fact that you know, there's a lot of nitpicking um in, in some of the things they really are leading in a lot of areas so I'll, I'll go with the B plus as well. I, I think another challenge that they faced uh, in, in talking about unit volumes is they are, of course, having a, a lot of um, uh, legal, uh, you know, legal disputes with uh, with Qualcomm, a former uh, supplier of modems uh, to to Apple, and that's not too surprising as Apple has ramped up its own silicon business, but uh, it's led to some infringement challenges and some potential uh, sale, you know, a sale blocking, you know, blocking of, of uh, Apple sales of Apple products in China. So, uh, you know, this is something that they're going to need to get past. They're going to need to figure out a way to get a 5G modem uh, into the iPhone without relying on on Qualcomm, uh, which is going to be a challenge for a while. So, uh, but still a very solid year for them, a good execution on a number of fronts. So I'm uh, I'm comfortable with that, that B plus as well. And, and the other thing to remember is that these companies – especially Apple are sitting on a tremendous amount of cash. And so they have the ability <laughs> to buy the pieces that they feel are missing from their portfolio. You know, one of the big purchases that Apple made the $3 billion purchase was of beats. And now you see them really owning that, that headphone space, at least the mind share of that headphone space. You know, when I was talking to uh, when we were preparing Christmas and my son had asked for, for AirPods, I asked him, you know, is it, 
is it just wireless headphones that you want or is it really <laughs> airpods that you want trying to understand if it was a brand thing or just mm-hmm. a, a functionality thing and he said no you know it, it doesn't have to be airpods it could be beats if you don't want to get me airpods and so okay uh in his mind that that headphone space is airpods or, or beats and so it, at least in those younger generations i think they have a lot of mind share when it comes from that that headphone space um i think one of the struggles that apple faces is that they they really need to make greater inroads into what's happening in the enterprise you've seen amazon mm-hmm. do that with web services uh, and, and as you mentioned microsoft has really come back strong in that space google is continuously pushing in that space and trying to get into the enterprise space Apple, I think, made great inroads when they improved the security functionality of the iPhone, and that allowed it to take over uh, a space that was long owned by um, by BlackBerry. But I haven't really seen them make any any big inroads into the the enterprise lately, and everything that they're talking about still feels like they're trying to address the the consumer market. So when we look at some of the services that I think will roll out, healthcare services, you know, maybe some other things, it's still really focused at on the consumer as the end user. Right. So and actually what they do there. That that's a good point. While it's still a relatively small business, they they have been running away with the smartwatch business such as it is. So uh, right. that's kind of an important investment for them. I would say in terms of the enterprise you know, the way they're approaching that is primarily through partnership. Uh, they really don't have those relationships, as you note. So clearly the IBM partnership has been a, a strong one for them. Uh, I think they started on that, I want to say, three, maybe four years ago. And uh, I think this year they announced a partnership with SAP. So those are clearly two uh, huge names in, in enterprise computing and um, uh, should should help uh, with integration of Apple products. Yeah. So moving on to our next on our list, we come to Facebook. Yeek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we were on such a good streak there. Uh, I, I know. And Ross, <laughs> I, I, I know that, um, uh, you know, when it comes to grades, what we can talk about some of their, some of their highlights and some of their lowlights. I mean, this was clearly a very tough year. Uh, for Facebook. Stock's down about 25%. First time um, that the stock has been down for the calendar year. They had a number of key executives leave, uh, some of those leaving um, with with significant news attached to their departure, most notably the co-founders of Instagram um, mm-hmm. leaving, but you had other high-profile high executives leaving. Um, they launched new hardware at a time where there's a lot of mistrust around Facebook and and data, uh, uh, you know, to your to your point, it was a disaster of year from a PR standpoint. Um, I- anything you'd add to that, Ross? I, you know, I'd say more specifically driving down into the recent controversies over data sharing with some of their partners, uh, at least I think one or two of which are, are also on our roundup. Uh, and uh, really, uh, I just read an article today about some of the challenges they face in terms of trying to combat hate speech online and uh, violent, you know, 
uh, um, people trying to incite others to violence. Uh, so, uh, and and how they need to do this on a on a global scale, and how they have tried to create this incredible master list of everything that is allowed and not allowed to take judgment out of the hands of the local editors reviewing these posts. And they don't have a lot of time to review the posts because as you can imagine, the the volume just is a constant barrage. Um, so it's, it's a big challenge. And it, it seems to me kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, an interesting contrast in, in a time when we're talking about the increasing wonders of what AI can do and how Google was employing AI in part to clean up uh, a lot of the bad brand associations on YouTube. And here they're dealing with, you know, outside contractors. You know, I'm not saying that you should necessarily hand over everything to AI at this point, but you would think that there's probably some combination of human and AI effort at this point that could uh, take them a bit further in terms of, uh, of this efficiency. So, you know, in many ways, look, they, this is a symptom of their success. You know, they, when you have, right, when, when there was the, the movie The Social Network a few years ago, said, uh, and this will give you an idea of how long ago it was or how quickly Facebook has grown, you know, you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies, I think was the, the tagline of, uh, of the movie. And now, of course, uh, Facebook, uh, over 2 billion users with several subservices over a billion users. So it's, um, uh, it has really evolved into this uh, service with uh, a, a ponderous, you know, a, amount of power in terms of things like, you know, influencing elections. And there are no easy answers, um, uh, so that is that is their burden uh, of of their success. Yeah, and, and I would say, I mean, it really is a lose lose situation for Facebook and and companies like Twitter in this current environment because mm -hmm. they can use real people, they can use artificial intelligence to to raise some of these posts to the surface, but they. It, it will be, I think, impossible to to get at every single uh, post oh, that has hate speech in it. And they're not being judged on the thousands that they flag and remove. They're being judged right. on the 10 or 100 or, you know, a thousand that they fail to flag or that they fail to remove. And so it's going to be a really hard, uh, hard position for them to be in. I think in the next couple of years, Facebook really wants to be the living room for every conversation. If you look at their 2018 year interview that they posted in their newsroom, they talk about the conversations that people joined. And so they really want to be this, uh, the, you know, the living room um, conversation. But the problem is sometimes those living room conversations aren't all positive. And so mm -hmm, they're having sure. a difficulty in, in, in determining how do we keep things positive. And, and, you know, they've, they've also in the past tried a lot of experiments that have um, turned away users in, in determining what drives happiness in some of these posts. And so some of their A-B testing that they've done without user consent has 
has been not well received as they've you know tried to determine how people respond to, to different posts and how it impacts them. And so uh, I, I think it's going to be a really tough year for Facebook next year as well as they try to come down and come up with hard and fast rules. And then inevitably, there's always going to be exceptions that start to challenge some of those rules that they're establishing now. Sure. Uh, agree with all of that. Uh, I, I think the positive, you know, trying to get some positive out of this, first of all, on the living room comment, I thought that was interesting because uh, at their Oculus developer conference, that was one of the themes that I saw, the idea that they want to facilitate these conversations in, in kind of a virtual living room environment. So uh, very consistent with that. But but at least the wake up bell has rung and yes. uh, certainly uh, all comments from Mark Zuckerberg indicate that they are, you know, pedal to the metal on this, trying to come up with better solutions and uh, if nothing else, recognize the, the level of influence they have. Now, how does that correlate to the point you make about trying to make the service just a better experience for users? I, I, I think there's some overlap. I, I think, for example, when they cut back some of the um, some of the media feeds and said that they wanted to um, focus on making moments uh, or something like that for for their users. Uh, you know, that that stands to be a positive change and, and maybe something that brings Facebook back uh, a little bit to its to its origins, you know, before it uh, became such a commercial uh, center for for the ad serving. But of course, they have to balance that against their financial interests, given that uh, advertising is the um, main uh, revenue stream. So, so well, and, and to your uh, point, Ross, I mean that's where Instagram yeah. fits in so well because Instagram provides a different experience, and it provides an yeah. experience that I think is a bit more conducive to advertising. And so, you've oh, seen, that's interesting. You've seen that platform grow, and at the same time, it, it could be a a good place for them to grow their their revenue moving forward. It also is an attractive platform for younger audiences who sure. at least and for now have no interest in having a Facebook account. Right, and advertisers who want to reach that right. uh, very in-demand uh, millennial and Gen Z market. And yet, you know, I've also seen uh, backlash against the increasing amount of advertising seeping into Instagram and how it is compromising that experience so they they yes. have to tread lightly there well uh you know we can agree very tough year a lot of challenges ahead um i didn't want to give them a failing grade uh <laughs> so i i gave them a d i i thought there were uh you know some maybe i'm a big softy but i i thought there were some bright spots and uh uh you know some some cause for optimism for for the future and to your point, they are clearly aware of how bad 2018 was, and there does seem to be a commitment to to right the ship. Um, how they go about that remains to be seen, and I think there's there's going to be a lot of internal friction um, as we move into 2019, whether Mark Zuckerberg really wants to grab tight 
control over those reins or whether he right. allows some of that power to be disseminated a- across the senior executives. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the biggest questions. So we'll see what uh, what 2019 brings, but I think it, it will be another challenging year. And Early elections will... were the, the former, by the way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and that could be the right approach. I mean, we don't know. That's yeah. the interesting position that Facebook has compared to all of these other ones. I mean, even Apple doesn't quite have that same control anymore. And it used to be with, with Steve Jobs that he had a tremendous right. amount of control over Apple. Um, but where Mark Zuckerberg is in, in today, influence. Sure. Yeah, uh, Mark Zuckerberg I, you know, has influence, but he has the financial uh, influence, and he has the f- right. financial stake that ultimately give him the final say. Yeah, and and there are other examples of companies. Uh, probably the most famous, uh, the other famous one is Dell, where Michael Dell handed over the reins, and the company went into a downward spiral. Then he came back, and it's taken years and years, but they seem to be on something of an upswing now. So uh, in the case of, uh, of Facebook, you know, because Mark Zuckerberg isn't, isn't, doesn't seem to have any plans to walk away uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, it's uh, no, nobody, nobody knows the ship uh, as, as well as he does. So we would hope though <laughs> that did, that didn't always seem like that was the case in 2018. I mean, there, you know, that's the problem is when these, Companies get big. You don't always know sure. what every department is doing it oh, sure, doing sure. or how they're doing it. And that that was also very evident in 2018. Mm. That, uh, certain features that were going to be released haven't been released. Timing's been delayed. So uh, it's still definitely an upward climb for, for Facebook. Right. Uh, so a, a D right. is a generous grade, I think. But we'll uh, <laughs> we'll move on to Google uh, in our report F is card. for Facebook. For yeah. 2018. Um, I, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I think Google had, uh, like Amazon, um, shown a, a lot of good momentum in certain key areas. Clearly, uh, some of the things they've done around artificial intelligence, the, um, the you know appointment making demo that they showed in their developer conference. Gave a sense of where that technology could go. So there's clearly some uh, leadership that they're starting to exert there. You've got Waymo and uh, the deployment that they're starting to make over the, over the next year, building upon years of of really uh, data gathering and and that particular segment. So you've seen some some strength in areas that are uh, good growth areas. I think in, in the years ahead. Um, so there's, I think, some some real growth we've seen from from Google and some leadership we've seen over the last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a very solid year for them overall. It didn't seem to me to be a you know particularly extraordinary year. I think the uh, probably the biggest um, splash that the company made was uh, in its AI, which uh, of course has been a big theme for them. And, uh, you know, this idea that they were able to launch an agent that, uh, at least in specific contexts, was able to pass the Turing test, which is that uh, a human interacting with it doesn't know whether it's a, a human or, or a computer. And that was evident when 
the person on the other end of the phone told the digitized voice, uh, you too, you know, when it told it to, to have a, have a good day. Um, so I, I thought that was remarkable and, you know, it had a huge impact. Uh, but, um, you know, the, uh, just, just seemed to be, uh, a, a lot of execution on, on YouTube. It seemed to me they were pushing a bit hard. We talked, you know, a bit last week about, um, what's been happening with them with, with premium, uh, content on on YouTube and kind of doubling down, supporting their content creators uh, with with better social uh, uh, support. Um, you know, they were. I, I think one disappointment for me um, for for Google is that if you look at uh, the the field of VR, they were very early on in terms of democratizing VR with this cardboard uh, system and then upgraded it to a system called Daydream. And that just doesn't really seem to have uh, caught fire very much. Facebook uh, also released a low-cost, relatively low-cost VR mm -hmm. product in, in Oculus Go. So, so it raises some questions, I think, about what the consumer appetite is for these products and, and the level of the experience that, that it provides today. Um, a lot of fun to use, but, but for some reason, I guess, you know, just not resonating maybe beyond games um, at this point or, or not enough to overcome the, the idea of wearing this contraption uh, on, on your head. So, um, well, and you, you know, saw what they I, did with you saw what they did with Google Glass, or, and they were really early into that sure. area. Right, and now right. you could argue that that could be pushed into the enterprise, and you've seen a lot of uh, pilots and tests around using AR for enterprise applications, for warehouse pickers, and for, for other things, for dictation. And so that seemed like there's a lot of promise there. It felt like this year Google was going to reintroduce Google Glass and pivot it towards the enterprise, but but to your point, you didn't see as much momentum behind that as as I would have thought or as I would have hoped for. Yeah, and then we'll talk about Hololens in a minute, and I, I I've seen some uh, pretty cool case studies about what they've been able to do uh, in terms of large companies. But I think when you think about Google in the workplace, and we'll just put the word enterprise on the shelf just for a minute, they have had a lot of success with G Suite uh, and probably the first viable competition to office in at least a decade. Uh, but it has been primarily smaller businesses. You know, it seems to be the go-to for, for example, a lot of startups that need to uh, create some infrastructure, and I think there is some uh, a level of distrust uh, probably among the largest uh, enterprises in, in terms of uh, handing over their mission critical uh, stuff to to Google in in the cloud uh, at this point. Um, well, and, for and some reason, yeah, go ahead. I would add to that you have seen strength in that particular area among. Uh, education institution. Mm -hmm. So I've in the last year uh, taught at two universities, both used G Suite as their their email sure. uh, service. Now one's pivoting away from that, but you saw them doing that. And then K through 12, I would say that Google uh, has done very well in 
gaining inroads into the K through 12 audience with Google Docs and Google Classroom and Google Classroom and in Chromebooks. So um, I, I would argue they don't get as much press in that area, but mm -hmm. that is a very strong area for them. And, and that particular, just what they've done K through 12, I would give them an A over the last year. Mm -hmm. I think they've made really great inroads into those areas. It's been very successful. And, and I know just from my personal experience, I'm seeing all of my uh, children's teachers move to Google Classroom, moving away from Blackboard and, and some of these other uh, platforms. And so I think that will, in the next three or four years, become the, the dominant platform for K, you know, K through 12 education. Sure. Well, we'll have to see if um, they can ride that to a higher level of success like Apple did uh, in the early days. Uh, I'm going to give them a B. I thought it was a strong year for them, as I said earlier. Maybe I'm grading on a curve a little bit because I, I just don't think uh, what they did this year was quite as impressive as, uh, as some of the, the stars uh, in, in, our, uh, in our roundup. Yeah, and I think a B is fine. I think to me, I, I there were concerns this year around uh, a bifurcating web uh, mm -hmm. with, and their willingness, or at least their seeming willingness to put technologies in places that not everybody wants to see them go. Most notably, their, their willingness to create a, uh, a limited web experience in China and trying to get back into mm -hmm. China. So it does feel like Google is moving away from this uh, do no harm model <laughs> that drove them for so long in, in exchange do, for do no for, evil do, do, no, do evil. no evil yeah, do no evil yeah uh, that that might be they might be pulling back from that just a little bit as they sure. seek to grow businesses and you know I think there is some concern about profits over over purpose um, there at, at Google and then I still feel like Google has so much potential to develop a hardware narrative. And there still hmm. seems to lack this coherent hardware story. Some of the hardware they're putting out is, is the quality is fabulous. Yep. And yet they lack this coherent approach that a, an Apple does, for example, and even maybe an Amazon does to, to some extent for the hardware they play in. So if they could somehow put all of the, the pieces that they've gathered together and create a coherent story, I think that Apple could, uh, excuse me, that Google could really um, dominate certain areas and really grow their entire presence in that consumer hardware uh, area over the next couple well, of years. I, I think you, you nailed it in terms of the two uh, com comparative uh, companies that you mentioned. You know, unlike Apple, uh, they, they really need to work a lot more on the cohesiveness of their operating system strategy and the polish of it. Uh, I had a chance to look at the new Chrome uh, tablet that they came out with, beautiful device. Uh, Chrome is, is wonderful and solid, but it's just not a great uh, tablet OS yet, just, just like Windows. And so they're, they're overlaying Google Play on it, and uh, it's, it's, it's a smart direction, but there's uh, a lot of work uh, left to be done there. And, and the other big problem, particularly for the mobile uh, 
area, the Pixel is uh, the Pixel phones is channel, right? So yeah, we've also mentioned this earlier this year about how what an advantage Amazon has uh, being able to push their devices and those of third parties that have adopted Alexa through that Amazon.com machine uh, that is uh, so effective at, uh, at at moving product. And Apple is good at moving product too. You know, they have a strong channel. Microsoft has a strong channel, different channel, less direct channel, but, but a strong channel. Uh, and, and that's, um, that's, that's their challenge, you know, that they, they really haven't developed that, uh, developed that channel. And, and it's a challenge because, you know, smartphones at this point are, are a very mature category. And just like everyone else, they're competing with Samsung, uh, which is far and away the market leader uh, in, in the U.S. when it comes to Android. So, and they and do it a just, good job. It just feels like, I mean, Google does have a platform, which is a big search bar, uh, yep. you know, and search box. And that, they promote they, there. And they do. And, they, and there's even been debate about do they you know, do they, will they eventually promote on the home screen um, with that? It just feels like, for example, if you look at the success, and we talked about this last week, the success that they've had with their voice recognition and their speech recognition assistant. um, And you really haven't seen it roll out and pushed out into as many hardware products as I think they, they could. So they really haven't, to Amazon's credit, they've really developed that um, developer community around that, and they're pushing it out into new products and new hardware categories, which will open up new use case scenarios. Google really mm. hasn't hasn't done that, but based upon well, some of the research that we talked about last week, they're leading in a number of categories, and, and yeah, that's they, a leadership they, they pushed, uh, you know, they pushed pretty hard on assistant. I mean, uh, Google Home, you know, maybe they didn't push as quite as, I think they did a good push this holiday season, uh, last holiday season as well, but there really wasn't any new uh, product, uh, at least from Google in, in the right. Google Home category. So, uh, but, you know, they were aggressive. They did promotion. It's, uh, it's an important category for them, but it's clearly tied into the broader Google Assistant story uh, on on the phones, certainly, and even was something that they tried to lead with on this Chrome tablet, you know, that they were going to integrate Google Assistant into Chrome. Look, right now, the strongest uh, use case for it is on the phone, I think, uh, just like for Siri. And the home is clearly an area where there's a lot of potential. And then after that, you know, there's an, a, a really long tail in terms of the car and, you know, other settings. But uh, they're, you know, they're clearly, uh, as you mentioned earlier, their investments in AI uh, have uh, borne fruit and uh, they continue to do very well in, in terms of tests of that. And I think it's going to be very exciting where they can bring it uh, in, in the next few years. Yeah. So let's move on now to our final company, Microsoft. Uh, I, I think, by all accounts, pretty pretty good year, pretty strong year. Um, there, you know, certainly some areas where they continue to trail. We talked last week about uh, Cortana and how they seem to have fallen behind the other digital assistants, and, and at the same time, it's not clear that they're 
you know, dedicated to that uh, that space like some of the others are, despite the mm-hmm. fact that they were one of the first in that space. They were they, one of the early ones looking at commercializing voice assistants and, and digital right. assistants. So um, I think they're still trying to figure out what that might look like and where it shows up. Uh, you, you know, you brought up HoloLens and how we've seen some amazing use case scenarios, but haven't really seen that uh, pushed out in the way that it, that we might have expected. Yeah, I, I think in some ways it's um, it's a little unfair <laughs> to throw these guys in with with the other companies we're talking about because I I think at least for the foreseeable future uh they're not really shooting as broadly uh into the consumer market as many of these other companies uh i think that was one of the key focus areas for satya nadella when he uh, became ceo a few years ago and i think they have executed very well on some of the key directions in in that strategy such as uh, creating a franchise around a core group of applications such as the Office apps, Skype, mm-hmm. uh, a few others, and making them broadly available across platforms uh, in terms of uh, uh, focusing on this productivity message. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've we've talked about cloud, but uh, I think that uh, probably Microsoft made the most progress this year in terms of Azure, uh, in terms of catching up uh, mm-hmm. a bit to, to Amazon. And, and I think they're uh, very well positioned there. So uh, yeah, I whenever these guys try to make too big a push into the consumer market, uh, they tend to get slapped. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe with, with Xbox being the, the exception. But, but to the extent that, that Surface uh, has, uh, has done certainly compared to the uh, uh, Google's hardware efforts, uh, to the extent that that Surface has been a revenue generator for them, a significant revenue generator, that is a corporate device. And, uh, you know, many of the applications are focused on, you know, the kinds of traditional things we've done with Windows. Uh, you know, when I, I did a, a piece for Fast Company earlier this year, talking about the difference between app, how Apple and Microsoft approach the tablet market. And if I am uh, a guy who says, oh, the iPad is my main computer, well, that's a little surprising to a lot of people, right? Um, how are you, how's that working out for you, right? Uh, whereas if I were to say, the Surface is my main computer, people wouldn't blink an eye because it's a full PC, you know, and, and it provides so much of a traditional laptop experience. Do you give up some something for that? Absolutely. You know, you, you give up a, a lot of elegance, particularly in the tablet mode, but they know their customer and this has worked uh, pretty well for, for their customer and they're continuing on this, this upgrade cycle. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it was a good year. Like, I would give Microsoft an A for the year because I think they really executed on in the areas that they wanted to execute on and in mm-hmm. the areas they needed to execute on. I think they needed to regain uh, some some leadership strength in certain key areas, and you know, enterprise and productivity. And I think they did a really good job of that. And to your point, uh, really developed the Azure platform and, and made that a, a strong uh, you know, area for them. And so it felt like a, a really good year for them. I think there are still some 
open questions and and some areas that um you know some areas that we would like to see more from yeah the rumor mill has it that 2019 is the year we'll finally see a, a successor to the hololens and maybe this one will be a, a bit more broadly available and more affordable um you know their uh, mixed reality <laughs> efforts uh, these uh you know, continuing the trend that we talked about earlier with VR, the the idea that you would have these headsets that connected to a PC uh, doesn't seem to have uh, made made a lot of headway. And uh, you know, they got a little egg on their face when they, you know, they've made good progress on this idea of Windows as a service. But it's not so great when you have automatic updates turned on and uh, you release something that uh, corrupts the data on the uh on the pc and then you have to recall uh the update you know that this kind of stuff happens to most major companies that uh, that release operating systems i i think the idea though is that with these automatic updates you really have the potential to do a lot of damage uh before you can recall uh mm-hmm. it you know depending on how many machines it uh it gets on so uh, I'm going to give them a B uh, as well. I think uh, you know it was a strong year for them, very financially. As you mentioned earlier, they overtook Apple briefly uh, in terms of uh, market cap, and uh, I, I think you just have to think about where they were a few years ago. Right. And of the companies on this list, they have uh, had the you know strongest strongest comeback uh, in say the last uh, last three years, and. Um, I think 2019 is going to be a, another solid year for them. Yeah, and I think to your point, exactly this strong comeback, and they're executing in the areas you, you need them and want to see them execute on. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I think as long as they stay focused, and they took a, a focused approach, and that's that's helped them. And I think as as long as they continue to keep focused and stay focused, uh, they'll do well. It's in the past where they've tried to be more than they they are and they've taken these big bets you know you can think of nokia as an example that, right. um, they took big bets and then and then weren't able to parlay that into new business models and i, I think that's where they get hurt so we'll see if they take this this re- renewed success and and try to parlay it into areas that aren't uh, at the core of what microsoft has been able to achieve in the past yeah, I, I think mobile remains a, a big question mark for them, and there have been lots of uh, rumors about them introducing phones with folding screens and uh, other capabilities. It, um, uh, it it will definitely be be interesting, particularly as uh, you know, certainly one of the lowlights for them this year was finally retreating from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the the mobile operating system market. I uh, I think about Roberto Duran, you know, holding up his arms and screaming "No mas," because uh, uh, they uh, they were they had a long fight and uh, they finally realized that uh, you know they'd kind of come to the end of the road of of that strategy. Somewhat paradoxically, not long after finally achieving this holy grail of having essentially the same code base on. Uh, mobile and uh, and desktop, or at least coming closer to that than they ever have. So, uh, what can they build off that? You know, uh, probably something with 
with a, a new user interface. And I think if nothing else, HoloLens showed that um, the, the flexibility of Windows and, and the kinds of things you can, you can build off Windows. So. And that's naturally where Cortana would come in, and, and we mm -hmm. would see Cortana make leaps and bounds if we saw some really interesting uh, use case scenarios for HoloLenses that were deployed in the next, say, 24 months. You'll, you'll see Cortana p catch up very, very quickly. Uh, you know, and, and to your point, it's, it's interesting as we look at these five companies, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, I mean, mobile really defines them and where they are today in so many different ways. Uh, you have companies like Microsoft and, and Amazon that don't have mobile platforms, have wanted them in the past. You know, Google's got hardware in that space and clearly a, a very strong um, operating system in, in terms of Android, but they haven't really been able to, to parlay that into everything that it could be, perhaps, you could argue, because they don't, uh, you know, they they want to control the hardware at the same time they want their partners to be out there in force. And then sure. Apple really beholden to their mobile platform and having to build around that and, and having to maintain seamless integration. So it's really interesting to see how mobile defines all five of these companies in very different ways. And how uh, each of them are trying to leverage that um, into some strong standing, some strong position into AI under the fundamental belief that that's going to drive the next generation of computing and, and define the winners and losers. Yep. The other thing that uh, struck me as we talked about these companies is kind of who's willing to play with whom. And mm -hmm. uh, Amazon, you know, I'm not going to say that they're uh, the universal donor, but it seems like they have uh, perhaps because of their retail strength, been able to reach across the aisle, if you will, a little bit more. There's clearly uh, a lot of strong uh, competition and animosity uh, with uh, with Google, but you know they did a deal with Apple this year to carry Apple products and to get Apple Music onto their Echo speakers. Uh, they're working with Facebook. Uh, Alexa is on the Portal device and. Amazon, you know, has long been one of the strategic partners of, uh, of Facebook. Um, they did a big and, deal with uh, Best Buy, Microsoft. you know. Yeah, yeah. And Microsoft, of course, uh, you know, is working on agent interoperability with them. So, you know, Google, <laughs> uh, I guess when you, you have your hands in as many pies uh, as they traditionally have, uh, it's easy to, um, uh, you know, that, that may scare off. Uh, other other formidable competitors. Yeah, it, yeah. I think that's a great place to leave it. It's been uh, great to look back at the year that we've had and to give the companies grades. And you know, I think the overarching theme seems to be that there were uh, clearly a number of highlights, despite all of the the criticism that these companies received over the last year. Uh, many of them continue to to lead in important areas and they've got a lot of chips on the table in mm. other places that we haven't really seen uh, come to fruition yet. So 2019 could open up a number of, of areas based upon these companies and their willingness or, or their desire to push on some of those areas that have been, shall we say, percolating for, for a time. 
Yeah, and I think uh, you know we we alluded to our expectations for 2019 uh, several times. I uh, I know uh, we we both want to wish our listeners uh, all the best of success uh, in in the new year. Uh, we're looking forward to continuing to uh, uh, do the expansive podcast in the new year. Our uh, our first one will probably be either at CES or or a preview of CES we'll we'll have to work that one out uh, we're also talking about uh, possibly figuring out ways to uh, get out uh, podcasts during CES so uh, it's uh, it's very exciting and um, we'll soon be setting the stage uh, for what's to come in in 2019 in uh, in Las Vegas so uh, with that, I'll sign off. That's uh, Ross Rubin. You can catch me on Twitter at Ross Rubin. And I'm Sean Dubervac from Avrio Institute. You can find me on Twitter at Sean Dubervac. And as Ross said, we wish you a very happy new year and we will catch you in just a, a week or so. <laughs> <laughs>